Are you going to let this go unless I indulge you? I can let it go. I just think it's a good thing. I'm not... I'm not I like it. <laughs> it's I'm... a good thing that women are great at murder. This is... <laughs> Kind of paraphrasing, paraphrasing what you just said. I hope that becomes that's... a tweet that you put out on the story <laughs> talking. Women are really great at murder. Hello and welcome to the Story Toolkit. I'm Basim El-Wakil, co-author of Action, The Art of Excitement with Robert McKee and joining me is Luke Lionel, writer and part of the McKee Storylog team. So today we're going to be talking about the girl on the train. Yes, and as always, if you want to get in touch, we are on Twitter at the Story Toolkit, and our website, thestorytoolkit.wordpress.com, has all the old podcasts on there um, and uh, links to contact us by other means. Let's get into it. Yes. So the girl on the train is a film, but it's also a book by Paula Hawkins. Paula Hawkins. Now. Uh, there's something I think that's quite interesting about this, which is The Girl on the Train, for those of you who don't know, is the film that was starring Emily Blunt, and she's very good in it. It's a good film. Um, it is another murder mystery thriller type thing, like Gone Girl. Yes. Both written by women. Yes. And I don't know if this is meaningful in any way, <laughs> but the fact that they're both written by women tells me that women are very good at murder, because Agatha Christie also wrote a lot of murder mysteries and stuff so I'm just thinking you know I think you're finding meaning where you want to find meaning I'm scared <laughs> uh, no but it's the girl, uh, girl on the train is another very good thing but there is something about this like Agatha Christie like it, this, there's a there's a really good tradition here that I quite like are you going to let this go unless I indulge you I can let it go I just think it's a good thing I'm not, I'm not. I like it. It's I'm, a good thing that women are great at murder. This is <laughs> kind of paraphrasing, paraphrasing what you just said. I hope that becomes a tweet that you put out on the story <laughs> talking. Women are really great at murder. Uh, fine. Uh, yeah, let's just say that's what I uh, completely mean. Uh, let's take it literally. Let's go on. Okay, okay, so The Girl on the Train. It's a film based on a book. Jeez, we are getting shut down so quick. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a good film. And. The whole point of the film is there is a woman on the train called... Uh, I can't remember the character's name, but it's Emily Blunt. Yeah. And Emily Blunt is on this train and she's... By the way, I should point out, I, when I saw the film, I had no idea what it was about. No, me neither. The only reason I went to see it was because I saw the poster um, uh, at the local cinema and it had Emily Blunt in it. And it just said, The Girl on the Train, starring Emily Blunt. And I'm like, well, I want to see Emily Blunt. She's wonderful. Let's mm. go watch this film just for her. So I had no idea what to expect at all from this film. I think uh, I think Hannah and I had seen a short trailer for it, really short. Like oh, one, really? maybe a thirty-second um, oh. TV spot or something. I thought, oh, don't know, don't even know what it's about. It just looked a yeah. bit mysterious. It looked like yeah. a mystery. It's like I think the ta- the tagline on it is, uh, "What did she see?" That's Something right, like yeah, that, yeah, right? yeah. And I'm like, right. is this some sort of crime thing? I don't know. We'll yeah. see. It, it, it kind of hinted at crime, but not yeah. necessarily. Not not necessarily. And so... Um, Which we'll go into in a bit more detail. Yeah, it, 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 yeah so I, I kind of... I just I went to a sit for just Emily Blunt. And so it opens with her on a train, and she's sort of talking about how her life has fallen apart. And she's clearly... She's an alcoholic. Uh, and she just seems to be riding the train again and again past her old house where she never had a kid, but her husband now has a younger wife with a baby. And she's kind of a bit of a stalker type thing. And then um, the film then stops and shows the POV of another character, another woman. And then the POV of the third character, which is the um, the new wife. And uh, so you see it from three different points of view. And I, I should say, when I was watching the film, I was getting annoyed. Because I'm like, when does the film start? Because this is just set up. The inciting incident hasn't happened yet. I can yeah. tell. I'm getting bored. That's partly because I had no idea what what, what I was even in for. You were waiting for the inciting incident so you knew what film you were watching. Exactly. So yeah. I, I'm like this. I, I like. I'd be more. Pay, I'd probably have had more tolerance if I'd known. Because I'd been. Oh, it's it's giving me clues. Sure. But uh, I didn't do that. I was just paying attention. I'm like this is good, but come on, where's the story? Please don't be something that's going to drag out forever. But no. And then uh, the the um. Then it comes in um, the story, 
The third character, by the way, is that the mistress? It's the mistress. Sure. Yeah, the, she, who's also the nanny. Yes, that's right. She's both. And so, so, so you have the the ex-wife Emily Blunt. Yes, you have the new wife, and you have the the, the nanny slash mistress. nanny. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, um, and then what happens is, so this character uh, Emily Blunt, she follows the nanny off the train. Um, she sees the nanny doing something, and she follows her off the train uh, to a tunnel. She blacks out. And uh, she wakes up the next day, and it turns out that the girl is missing. The nanny is missing. And so, immediately, it's this whodunit. It's like, what? not even just a whodunit. It's like, who done what? Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> what has happened to the girl? Yeah. What did Emily Blunt do? Because she wakes up covered in <clears throat> blood. Yeah. In her apartment. Uh, she got blackout drunk. And as the story develops, we discover that she's not just an alcoholic. She's been fired from her job. She's just been taking the train into the city and back and not doing anything for months. Like, she's completely messed up. Mm. She cannot get over the uh, loss of uh, her marriage. Uh, she's incredibly jealous. And um, what's worse is that um, she she has had all these encounters with her husband where she gets really violent when she's drunk. Yeah. And she's remembering doing all these horrible things when she's drunk, being horrible at um, her uh, husband's boss's party. She goes to a party. She gets completely smashed, drunk, and then makes a huge fight and attacks people at the party, and the guy has to... The husband, you know, he's constantly trying to be nice to her, and she's constantly... Running. So you, you realise that this woman was abusive in her relationship to her husband. When she found out she couldn't have children, she became really abusive, uh, became an alcoholic, and that destroyed her marriage. And so now you're thinking, oh my, has she killed the nanny? Yeah. Right? What's <laughs> really happened? Then the nanny shows up dead. Yeah, oh my, what's she done? And as this story keeps building and building, you, you realise the depravity of this woman, just how uh, abusive she is uh, when she's drunk. And... Um, and so the story just keeps building and she's trying to piece together what's going on and she's trying not to get in trouble with the police. Um, and then there's the whole thing about the nanny was possibly cheating on the husband with someone else. And so it just keeps building and building and building. And okay, now here's where we get to real spoilers. Okay, here's the real spoilers for the girl on the train. Just letting you know. Because we, we, we had a complaint about not mentioning spoilers. Oh, that, on, yeah, on but that's sketch. Yeah, that, that's true. From a friend, but. Yeah, it's yeah. true. We, we, did, we did do that. So here's the big spoiler. Okay. It turns out she's on the train and she sees her, her old husband's boss, which is played by Lisa Kudrow from Friends. Yes. And she goes up to her and she apologizes for being by horrible. The way, just funny story about Lisa Kudrow turning up. I didn't know she was in the movie. No. You don't see her face. You just see her body. And the way she acts, <laughs> the way she moves her arms, I, I was like, that's Lisa Kudrow. That's Phoebe. Yeah. It's just the, 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 she's got this, a certain gesture, a yeah. way that she moves her arms. So you knew it was her before she turned up. Right. Yeah, carry on. And um, so, and by the way, as I was watching this, and Emily Blunt's like this total mess of a woman and everything. And I'm like... I know what you're going to say. We'll come back to it. What? Well, I've, I've written down the note, empathy. No, I wasn't going to Oh, so you weren't going to? Okay. No, on. I was going to say that I would look after her. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think she's just wonderful, Emily Blunt. She's such a good actress. She's amazing. And, uh, yeah, so I'm just like, I'm like, I, whatever. She can be as abusive as she wants. But, and here's the big thing. Here's the big thing. She she goes to Phoebe. Sorry, that's another great pull quote for Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> You change. <laughs> okay. I have to be careful with what I say. <laughs> right, go for it. So, um, Phoebe, she goes up to Phoebe and she says, you know, I'm so sorry about how I was at the party. And she says, what are you talking about? And she says, well, I did this and I did that. It's like, no, you didn't. You didn't do any of those things. You just passed out. And she goes, but then why did you find my husband? I thought you fired my husband because of what I did. And she goes, no, I find your husband because he wouldn't keep his dick out of all the other women in the office. Like, he's a serial adulterer. And suddenly we realize all the blackout stuff didn't happen. It's what he told her happened. And what actually happened was he has been manipulative and abusing her for years. 
He's this odious troll of a man who's just been utterly, utterly horrible to her. And she has con- she has believed all his lies that when she's blackout, she's violent. And so, of course, it turns out that she's not the killer. Uh, the husband is the killer. And the reason he killed the nanny is because the nanny was pregnant with his child. And he told her to have an abortion. She wouldn't have an abortion. And so he killed her. And the way he kills her is particularly horrible. Uh, because he, oh, that's a brutal scene, isn't it? Yeah, he beats her. He beats her around the head repeatedly until he thinks she's dead, and then he starts to uh, hide her under a log so that people won't find the body. And as he's doing that, she wakes up and realizes that he's burying her alive, and uh, she struggles, and so he has to kill her again. And it's just really horribly traumatic. And thankfully, uh, Emily Blunt and the wife, the new wife team up and kill him at the end and he dies and then Emily Blunt tries to get her life back on track um, because uh, no one prosecutes them they don't get into trouble for it because he deserved it <laughs> so um, <laughs> I'm, I want to uh, like I said I wrote down the note empathy because um, mm. I just want we're not going to go into depth here but I didn't want to move past this without mentioning it yes the the, the extent to which you start to dislike that character without pushing you over the edge. Who uh, Whoever yeah, wants. Yeah, I think it's perfect. And I haven't worked... I hadn't yet worked out why you aren't finally pushed over the edge. Because she's still... guilty. She's guilty. Because she feels guilty about She's it. really guilty about okay, it. Like, Macbeth go. goes around killing everyone. <laughs> and he goes, yeah. oh, why am I... Do- I'm so bad a person. Why am I doing this? Like, yeah. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> so Emily Blunt, she does these horrible things. And you go... Yeah, she's she was drunk. Uh, it's a terrible thing, but she seems really remorseful about it. She's clearly not coping. Yeah, sure. like she's really falling apart. She really needs someone to look after, and I will look after her. It does push though, doesn't it? I did feel it didn't push me. I just uh, felt like more and more. You dark. just wanted to look after. Her. <laughs> uh, but no, I just felt you feel sorry for her. Yeah, I did, I just thought it was too uh, terrific writing to yeah. to have such. A, um, a kind of negative character, really, yeah. um, as the protagonist, and one that you just still feel an empathy with, and then, which is what makes that scene so powerful, the, yes. the rush of insight scene, when she's you talking realize, to yeah. Lisa Kudrow, and you you rush back, and actually it shows you... Know, she's you, always been a good person. She's always been a good person. So that's why all these things seem so horrific to her, because she would never think she could do them. Right. Because she didn't. Uh, and also it's important because the way she looked at her husband in those blackout scenes, the way he's so nice, yeah. that's really important because you then get the sense of like, she's aware she cost the relationship. You have if you have to be in empathy, not just with the blackout drunk, but also the fact that she's stalking him. Yeah. And like when you see how nice and kind he is to her and how even when she's on her lawn and it's upsetting his new wife, he talks to her respectfully. He's always kind to her. He's very gentlemanly about yeah. with her. Uh, so you get the sense of like um, that you you like him, so you get you understand why she's stalking him. It's like yeah, he is a good guy. You don't really get that what kind of a person he is. Then of course, once you find out, you know that shifts and you get more in empathy with her, and you realize how manipulative this guy has been mm. because he manipulated you too. You know, so. Uh, it it just it just it's it, I think it's done very very well, um, and it's you know a great cast doing it. So, but that's the that's the plot basically. It's yeah. very good. It's, it's really good. Um, I mean, obviously, if you hadn't seen it, you know how it ends now. But um, uh, it's it's good. Okay, so let's talk about genre because that's really what we're here to talk about. Today. Yeah, we're talking about the way that it blends two genres together. Uh, so it's 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 told uh, in two genres, um, pr- uh, principally, which is. Um, the crime genre, which we've talked about numerous times, and the social drama. Um, the crime genre, as we say, is a story about crime, uh, justice and injustice. And it's intriguing because you want to see how justice comes, uh, how justice is dealt or how just injustice gets away with it. Like crime pays, crime doesn't pay. It's a story about that. Right? Because there's, like, there's a whole other bunch of s- subgenres. Within yeah, crime. within crime, and it's always a, from the point of view of the detective, the victim, or the criminal. Yeah, and you're you're interested to see how justice will or won't triumph in the end, and so it's, it's very intriguing. And uh, but social drama is not like that. Social drama is about s- stories that are principally about people who um, have it bad in life, 
and there's a problem in society and social dramas say here's the problem in society and sometimes they say it's futile there's no way we can fix this and other times they say no we can fix this other times it's like this isn't even a problem the only reason this exists is because of corruption uh and if we got rid of the corruption it, the problem wouldn't exist at all uh and things like that right and so there's so the social drama when you boil it down what it's really about is it's also about justice it's basically the social drama says it's unjust that certain people have to live a certain type of life it's unjust that um gas companies can frack a land and so destroy the ecology that people are growing up drinking uh tap water that's filled with gas so much gas that you can set it on fire um this is destroying their ability to learn and their intelligence you're talking about a particular movie by the way this is some this is documentary called gasland sure okay this is the thing that happened um another social drama type thing might be people in poverty the wire did a lot about this sure uh, yeah, and the wire didn't just do about people in poverty who then are forced sort of into the drug um market the uh, but they also talked about how the media doesn't care and as a result because it doesn't care and doesn't tell anyone no one else seems to be aware of it and therefore they don't care uh then it would talk about how city hall is corrupt it would talk about how the police are more interested in the appearance of solving crime rather than actually solving crime and so social drama uh so, the why is another one then that blends yes, crime and social it does drama. absolutely and so uh the social drama is very much about these kind of things this is a problem in society people aren't living the way they should be allowed to live so it's wrong and so what they're really about is justice and justice when you think about it it's the same thing but it's very different to crime because the emotion is very very different uh in the social drama the emotion isn't intrigue you're not intrigued into how and why crime the crime is happening or how and why the crime uh will get the criminal will get caught or escape it's much more about compassion it's much more about these people have to live in this unjust way and it's not right that they should and uh sometimes you you can't help them sometimes you can sometimes it's a bit inspirational like hey we can do something about it sometimes it's inspirational in the sense that it just aggravates you it's like hey we can't do anything about it but you should just get angry about it and so on can i raise a question yeah. about the level of conflict with social drama yeah on, on what level it operates no social drama is primarily uh, justice and justice is an external value it's to do with institutions and society and things like that I mean a social drama might have conflict on all three levels but the value justice and justice is not a um, a personal or internal so it doesn't work on a personal level justice and justice if you take it uh, internally you call it morality immorality morality good and evil is an internal value whereas justice and justice is that same thing taken externally yeah um and social drama isn't about the internal struggles of people so much um it's very much society has left these people behind society is oppressing these people and so on um so it's uh, it's it's different in that sense okay um but yeah it's it's so but the thing is so crime and social drama share about the same value which is something's wrong in society should be fixed but crime is here's how people get away with these crimes here's how people commit these crimes it's very intriguing yeah whereas social drama is very compassionate it's much more about these people have to live in this situation isn't that wrong and so girl on the train combines the two so uh, on the one hand it's the crime story of you know who done it uh but then there's the social drama which is the abuse of women uh at first you think it's it's about the abuse of of husbands yeah and then it's about the abuse of women so in total it becomes a social drama about the abuse of people in relationships i see do so the reason i asked about the level of com- yeah what what level oh i see what you mean on was i was already thinking ahead oh to yeah how- there is a personal element to that in in the sense that it takes yeah there's lots of personal conflict yeah but it's um but this thing is more if you think about it it's at least in girl on the train it's like how come these people can get away with it yeah how come no one's helping them the abuse you mean yeah sure like how how what this is a problem that society should be involved in solving yeah why aren't we 
you know, why is this being allowed to happen? Why isn't there someone to protect Emily Blunt from this type of man? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> or why is it that she can't protect herself? Like, why do we let people uh, drink themselves into stupor when they're clearly drunk every day? I mean, this is a woman who every morning gets off the train as if she's going to work and she goes straight to someone and buys a bottle of vodka every day. Yeah. And then pours the vodka into something else, and like a into a water bottle. Water bottle, so yeah. it looks like she's drinking water. Yeah, this is not something that people haven't noticed. Like the guy who runs the store must know this. Yeah. So there's a question of like, how is this acceptable? Like it's so obvious that this woman is lost, and we realize why she's lost, and yet, in society, no one seems to be able to help her. And when something happens, she's immediately sus- suspected as a criminal, as a stalker and all this mm. stuff. So the social drama aspect, like you, if it was just a, if it was just something that took the place between the two of them, just like if you had a domestic abuse type story, mm. it wouldn't really be a social drama in that sense because um, it would be much more about the domestic drama. Which is, right, okay. you know, will they stay together? Won't they stay together? Yeah. Will she ever leave him? So what I mean, if it's just the domestic them, dramas operate on the personal. Yeah, the per- it's about them yeah. being together or apart. So the reason I'm asking some yeah. of the questions, by the way, is this is a real weak spot in 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 my knowledge as a writer. The drama, like domestic drama, yeah, um, social drama. Right. It's not a genre that I typically get drawn to. No, me so neither. I'm not necessarily yeah. experienced. I, I, I'm not either. Like this is very uh, these genres are much more sketchy on, but it's just from the fact that you know. I've done so much work on genre, yeah, and, yeah. and I I have enough examples in my head that that feels right to me. But I don't feel confident enough, for example, if I was going to sit down and write a social drama or a domestic drama, I I don't feel confident enough to write a book on it or be do no. a lecture on them. But it seems this is a at least the place I would start, and it seems to hold up. Yeah. Um, on, on that note, to the listeners, by the way, if, if at this point you want us to. Um, uh, either do another podcast on on something like this, and we'll, we can look more into it. Then do get in touch, or if you have any questions yeah. uh, about things we have talked about, I just wanted to remind you: please get in touch. Um, yes, and, and we'll get Basim uh, to uh, to uh, go deeper. Yes. Okay. But but yeah. So uh, so the domestic drama. If you just had Emily Blunt and her husband in the house, like a you know like a play. Yeah. Right. The question you would ask yourself is not why isn't anyone helping her? Why can't she get help? Why can't she help herself? The question would be when is she going to leave him? Right? Mm. Which is a different question to what we ask in the girl on the train, which is where's her help? Yeah. And you watch her having to help herself out of this situation because it's all cast around this this crime story in the society around her. Now, as I say, genres aren't stories. This is what social drama is. This is what domestic drama is. But anyone who writes in these stories will immediately make their own choices. And they might not just focus exclusively on justice and justice in their story. They might use other values. They might... I mean, in, in, the girl on the train, her, she's al- her family's already broken. Yeah. You see? So you don't... There's no question of... Are they going to get back together? Aren't they going to get back together? See, that aspect are, of it is not... This is why I think it's such a wonderful example for the genre blend. Yeah. Because there are elements there of the personal conflict of the domestic there's, oh, drama. There's loads of personal conflict. Because you've got the, the wife in this guy. Yes. And you realise that he's not... Yes. Uh, in fact, you, you you know he's not being faithful. So you're like, well, are they going to stay together? When is that oh, going to Yeah, exactly. But the, the you're absolutely right. There's lots of personal conflict in the on the train. But the personal conflict is is clues. Sure. Yeah. It's basically clues to the other thing. It's not it's a question of emphasis, not a question of exclusivity. Absolutely. Or like that. But it's something that I wanted to highlight for yeah. for the listeners because the whole the whole reason we were doing this podcast is is Bassard uh, um, said this quote which we posted on Twitter a couple of times, which is Genres aren't stories. Stories yeah. use genres. Exactly. So stories using different elements of genres doesn't mean 
you know, you can use elements of yeah. a Western. It doesn't make it a Western. a Western. Similarly, like I always make this argument, which is Ghostbusters isn't a horror story because there's ghosts in it. Yes, right. It's a great point. Yeah, it's it's uh, Bridesmaids isn't a crime story, even though Chris O'Dowd plays a policeman. Yeah. Right, so it's it, there are certain signals that the audience gets that say this is this kind of story. When I'm, and that's not always the case sometimes. And if you fall into that trap of a crime story is a story about a detective or whatever, then you kind of you start to notice you you, you make mistakes. When I'm when I'm teaching to uh, when I'm teaching at school, when we do work on stories, I mean this is to kids mm. of like eleven to. 16 yeah. so I don't want to patronize the listeners but the way I use it yeah uh, is ingredients like if you take all the ingredients yeah. of a chocolate cake yeah um exactly yeah uh you can use sugar in something else doesn't make it a chocolate cake right exactly yeah. that's it yeah exactly it's, it's just it's so it's there is lots of personal conflict in in girl on the train but the personal conflict isn't the driving force of the story yeah it's not um it's not will they won't they it's it's very much uh, who done it? So let's so on, let's so. get onto that then in more detail. Um, yeah. D- d- how do we know this is a crime story and it's not a social drama story? Well, it's both. But I mean, like, yes. yeah. How but do I, we know it's primarily so a crime the, story. the way it uses the two. By the way, when I say the way it uses the two, I don't think Paula Hawkins or the director of the film and the adapters and all that thought about it in this way. They right. would intuit it this way. Which is again another point, yeah. another quote that we've we've put out on Twitter a couple of yeah, times it, is that this has to be a, uh, this has to be intuitive as so a writer. The, the the thing that people or a lot of people misunderstand about when McKee talks about this and when I talk about this as well is in music if I sat down and told you there's this this how this person does the bridge. This is a riff. This is an A, this is a chord, this is an octave, this is in this key. All those terms, you ins- you just know because you learnt them, mm. right? Anyone who doesn't know those terms can do all those same bits of music without knowing those terms, right? And people listening to it respond properly without knowing any of those terms, okay? Mm. Writing, we don't have those terms, that's the thing. We don't have it. Writers shun these terms and they try to run away from them. And when I label these things, and when McKee labels these things, and we try to name these things, it's not. It's exactly the same way that a musician knows what a chord is. So when I say the way in which these two genres blend, the people who do this don't have the terminology in which to state that. They just have to intuit it, right? Mm-hmm. But when I'm saying it this way, it's not like you have to know this and but it's just that I'm similarly, trying to name things so that we can talk about things and learn about them similarly if they do have the terminology they still intuit it yeah. it's just having the terminology allows you to take a step back break yeah. it down and figure out what's wrong exactly. and, and let, it lets you learn from it I've mentioned this before um, the great uh, the story about Andrew Stanton that Bill Hader told on a because um, he spent time in the writer's room yeah. for Inside Out mm. and the way that um, Stanton went about it was Stanton that did Inside Out no it? it was Pete Doctor sorry Pete Doctor um, the way that Pete Doctor did um, Inside Out whatever, every time they would come into the room and he would tell the story of what they had so far for Inside Out and when he got to a problem mm. he would just stop and say you know what this is what we need to work on today yeah um, right. And so it would be this telling of a story, and when the story yeah. goes wrong, actually, I think there's a problem here. But they have, yeah. they have the tools and the know-how they do. to figure out what's wrong. Exactly because they know. And and the names don't matter. Uh, South Park guys, they call things hat on a hat, and that's yeah. fine. That you know what that means. So there's lots of shorthand in the writing industry for yeah. people that they themselves know, but no one else knows. And it's just like as a general thing, like clear, basic language. To talk about like illustrators have this knowledge yeah they know how to do perspective so every art form has all these terminologies but writers just uh, it's not really there um in the same way and so when it's i say not, this stuff actually, I, I just th- that caveat's important for people to remember because yeah. i am always aware that people will, will like say send a link and it will have the writer going like well i just it winged it and it's like th- that doesn't invalidate any of what i'm saying it just it just <laughs> It's just you're missing the point. So I'm just trying to make it clear because um, the way I'm describing it, you know, 
it, it might at first seem like something like it, it seems mechanical but actually yeah. what we're not saying is all formulaic yeah system. we're not saying right in, in a formulaic way no. we're not saying go away and copy girl on the train this no. is just the way that girl on the train uses these it's, tools it's just to... the way it does it okay so the way in which girl on the train does this is the crime uh, aspect of the story is the major dramatic question of the of the story which is who done it yeah why did they do it how did they do it what first what did they do it's another good example i realized when you said earlier what the dramatic question starts off as yeah which is like who done what who done what yeah and then you find out what what was it's a great done it (laughs) it's a great example of the um dramatic question shifting as you go through the movie just developing developing and nuancing as the story goes through and so you've got this that's the major dramatic question who done it um however there's a huge amount of emotional interest in the film and that's generated by the social drama. The social drama is what creates the emotional interest, which is the empathy that you were talking about for Emily Blunt's character. Yeah. And so the, the, what makes Girl on the Train quite um, different to say something like Gone Girl is Gone Girl is very, very, very much a sort of <laughs> like what happened and oh my, how terrible. Oh, and it's just like. It's just pure intrigue almost, you know. It's mm. just like, oh, the depths that, that these characters are going to and all this stuff. Gone on the train, that's not it. Also, the the, the, dr- the dramatic question difference as well with Gone Girl is once you find out fairly immediately what she did, it's like, okay, so how and when is she going to be caught? Yeah, how, so you, yeah, yeah. where's this going, right? Yeah, like, whereas, whereas th- this, this no. is still a mystery. Yeah, this is a mystery up until the very end, the climax, and uh, the emotional interest in Girl on the Train, which is like... This poor woman. Yeah. Because she's a victim. And at first, you're not sure if she is or whatever. But when you find out that she is, you f- you f- have a real sense of compassion for her, right? You, I mean, you have real yeah. compassion for her in this film. And that's the social drama aspect coming to the fore, which is that really enhances the emotional interest in the film. Which the film could be a very sort of like, you know... This and it's an interesting crime, and this is what happened. But by adding the social drama, it gives it a nuance that a lot of crime stories don't have, and it really makes the Emily Blunt character um, really wonderful. She's great. Like you, you feel such pity for her and such compassion for her, and then finally she triumphs, and you're like, "Well done," <laughs> you know. You're like you're really glad that she dug herself out of the hole. Yeah. That uh, she was put in this hole by other people. She was forced to wallow in it by herself. No one helped her out. And then finally, she manages to get herself out of this hole. And so that really enriches the rest of the story. And so that's a great combination. um, Because they share the same value. They're fundamentally about the same thing. So the, the, the segue between the two is really sort of intuitive. And so what uh, Paula Hawkins did by adding this element, I mean, I don't know what the genesis of the story was, but however her mind works, putting these two elements together, the, this, this whodunit, with this element of the pure, of this sort of unreliable narrator, the abused, blackout drunk wife, witness, potential suspect, was just great. And it really ma- it made it just a wonderful one. I don't know the genesis of the social drama, but I believe I read a short interview uh, with her, and she, I think she took the... Because the, the book's set in England. Yes. Um, I forget the, the train line, but it is set in England. Um, and I believe she did take that line, and so she did that sort of journey. Oh. And I think... Um, look a fool now if I'm misquoting but it was yeah. something like what happens if she did see, uh, see something oh so that's done. what it was like what I believe so yeah I she put herself would... in that thing. yeah 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 um, yeah that doesn't explain where the, all the alcoholism and all that stuff came from no I mean who, who which I think is that, we could that, find out from that, that little bit of insight is just fantastic that this woman thinks she's a horrible person and it turns out she's just been abused her whole life yeah I think it's just one of those brilliant pieces of insight into this horrible part of life. Yeah. And you're just like, wow. And to to do it, at first to make it look like she's abusive, mm. and then to flip it, and you just go, this is it's, it's, it's brilliant because it shows, it's so easy to just pick a side, as it were. Mm. 
and like oh well this is the problem in society and what the best social dramas do is they don't just sort of go like uh it's always this person's fault like to to show that women can really be abusive to their husbands and then to show how abusive this guy was yeah and you go jeez it's a really nice flip because you could have played it it could have been played straight it, it could have been, been as interesting straight. could have played straight that you know from the beginning that he was abusive and it's about her trying yeah. to yeah. you know maybe get other people to realize but by flipping that trope of the abusive husband yes. and having her as the abuser at least how how she remembers it yeah. and what's great about those scenes that the flashbacks that you see is that when that revelation comes from um, from Lisa Cadre's character mm. The film itself goes back to some of those scenes and flips it. Exact, exactly the same thing happens, but the two of them are reversed. Yeah, so exactly. when when she's drunk and she's smashing the mirror with the, is with it the baseball bat, bat, baseball yeah. bat it's right? him doing it. It's actually him doing it. And yeah. and Emily Blunt's character is playing it in the same way that he was, which yeah. is kind of terrified. And it's it's just such yeah. a wonderful it's such a wonderful reversal, and it makes his abuse even worse. more horrific right? even worse and um, because we feel from her point of view how horrible she was right to him right. so when it turns out he did it and yeah. then he convinced her that he, it's like oh this is even worse than what she was doing Cause what it, it does is it adds the lie doesn't it it adds the lie it gets worse and worse and it's just ugh and like this poor woman And but you could have played it straight the other way she could have been abusive the whole time Sure. Right? Yeah. And her abuse drove him to murder. Yeah. Right? Or um, you could do it... Um, but if she was abusive from the from the get-go, then this becomes very much sort of like a redemption story. Like, can she change her nature? Yeah. I, see? Yeah, I was There's a whole other element to like it as well. That. So you could do it straight like that. Um, but that's just not how she did it. Instead, she did this thing because it's the crime story. You know, you want that big revelation because of the intrigue that the audience mm. has and it's just a great revelation when it happens you go oh oh of course how did I not see that right mm. how did I not pick up on all those clues it's possible again it's the... like I, I just bought what he told her I didn't stop to think that it's the other way around which is another thing which is that whole like he said she said thing that happens in courts right they don't they don't believe oh sure yeah right yeah, they yeah. just don't believe it so like she, this is what Paula Hawkins made us do we just totally bought the husband's, um, like, a, what do you call it, point of view. We bought yeah. the husband's um, recollection of the events without questioning it. And it's like, we should have. <laughs> because, like, he's he's the monster. So, um, it's possible that as a writer, I was just kind of going back to the in, the intuitive writing. Um, and we won't know unless we are. In fact, I do, I'm going to do some research myself and find out whether... Mm. Paul Hawkins did write it this way but the whole trying to figure out the genesis of that social drama thing yeah. um, it's possible that she was writing the crime story and realised something was missing yes in, in like an emotional interest in the character and so yeah. developed this yeah she's like oh, it's, just, it's it. just a bit too paint by numbers she right. thought um, it's possible uh, it was done the other way it's but. possible that she started thinking what if this person saw this thing on the train you know saw, saw a thing and then, and then she goes well, what if this person is really unreliable why are they unreliable? Because right. they're drunk all the time. Why are they drunk all the time? Because of this. And then and then you go, oh, what if the reason she's on the train all the time is because she's watching her ex-husband? Mm. And, so, I mean, like, you could build it that way. I just wanted to bring up... Who knows? Um, before I missed the opportunity, the, the, um, the difference we had in interest levels in the movie. We oh, had a kind yeah, of that was interesting, thing. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. so we, we came out of the movie, I mean, we watched it separately, but when we yeah. chatted about it afterwards, there was a bit in the middle yes. where I thought... You thought it languished, whereas yeah. I was really invested. Yeah, and so the beginning and the end... You was thought, the bits that I was... I, the... I now understand that, actually, particularly the beginning when you were recalling the yeah. premise of the movie and you're saying like what what's the plot? what's this what's the what's this about why am i seeing three different women right i don't get it they're all doing voiceover narration what's this about <laughs> come on come on tell me what this is about oh it's a murder mystery now i'm invested and then the end uh i after the twist yeah for me when you revealed oh the husband's behind all this it took a little too long to get to the curtain <laughs> do you know what i mean like yeah the 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 that it's like a few minutes too long. It's just like that needs to be a bit snappier because once we've worked it out, you can't make us wait. Like, However, yes, for me, for you, because I had. See, I'm I'm starting to piece things together myself now. Okay. 
I think I was a bit more tolerable of the first half an hour because I knew roughly where it was going. Right. I knew it was some kind of mystery. Right. So I was I was happier with the film. watching the clues. Yeah, putting in the work and saying that here's the three. Ca- I didn't know it was told from three characters' point of view. That was certainly interesting, right. which kind of possibly intrigued me even more at the beginning. Okay, yeah. so I was fine with the film. Putting yeah, because you're probably thinking which one's the suspect, which right? One's the murderer, exactly. Which one's the victim? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 sat very interested, thinking, okay, this isn't what I was expecting. You know, sure. What have you got? I'm happy with the long first act. <laughs> yeah, because for me, I just the po- poster just has Emily Blunt. In it. <laughs> like nothing else. I'm like, why am I? Why am I right. here for anyone else? I just want more of her, please. But it's in the middle. Once once the murders happened, and you you started asking yourself the the question, who done what, and that starts turning a little bit. That the focus just shifts slightly onto the social drama, mm. onto her sorting herself out. And yeah. I mean, she becomes a bit of a detective, but she's also going inwards, and that's right. really where, as a character, you start to dislike her more and more because you find okay. out more and more about her. Mm. And when it shifted into the social drama, is when I started thinking. Okay, is this a mystery? Right. It just it was that. I think a yeah. shift into a genre that I, as I mentioned before, it's not one that I typically no go um, to I, to I, see. And also, you're you're in a sort of dangerous spot because I'm in the same spot, which is once you start having like a list of genres in your head and something doesn't fit that list, <laughs> you go like, "Well, this is just wrong." And it's like maybe it's a genre you haven't thought of. Like, right. It's like you have to discover a new colour. Yeah. And people who intuit stories, who don't know have any knowledge, by and large don't think like that because they haven't got a list in their head to compare it against. So yeah. they just go with the story sometimes. Sometimes they hate it because they... Whatever. Um, but for us, because we've got that list... <laughs> that list well, if I've... something doesn't fit the list, you go, wait, 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 what was it? What was it? My issue. Oh, what, was, what was it? What was it? What was it? My issue. My issue yeah. with the movie certainly wasn't the problem of the movie. Yeah. Like it, I don't think there is anything wrong with the film. I, it, it, yeah. it was an interest level. I think the pacing. My interest. Is, level. I think the pacing's a bit off in the film. Mm, I, I, as, co- I think as complaints okay. go, it's a very small. Complaint. <laughs> yeah, sure. But like, I consider how skillful it. Because well yeah, the problem when you have done. pacing that's off is the emotional interest. It, the the, audio, the it, that's what gets hurt. Mm. So afterwards, people can remember it and go, "Oh, that was good." But th- you don't feel it as because as it's building up, it's taking too long, and then you get bored, or it's taking too short, and you go, "Wait, what did I just miss?" And so on. Yeah. So for me, because the pacing was a bit too slow for the film, what what was I just kind of I I I didn't. It's not that I didn't like it. It's just that I, it feels to me like I watched it and I got say, um, maybe two thirds of the enjoyment out of it that I could have had. Had it been paced a bit better, sure. does that make sense? Like, yeah, 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 my 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 investment was reduced as a result. What was what was interesting for me was I did look at my watch once, yeah. and unless a, unless a movie is excellent, yeah. I do often look at my watch in the cinema. Right. Um, but yeah. I looked at it once, and it was bang on an hour. It was yeah. about halfway through the movie, right. pretty much on the nose. Yeah. Um, which I just thought was interesting more than anything. Yeah. Especially when I mentioned it to you and you said, no, I thought the middle was great. It was the beginning and the end that was yeah. an issue for me. Um, however, the way it blends the genres, yeah. superb. I, I, and it's, well, it's, it's tough as well because if you have genres, um, when you blend genres, and you're going to, like it's just, it's very rare you're going to write in just one type of genre or whatever. It's, you're going to, constantly blend genres you're going to use elements and ingredients from other things and it's just really important that the audience kind of gets it that you don't mislead them in the wrong way Um, and sometimes you can't help it sometimes the audience will just mislead in the wrong way because the advertising misled them or whatever Mm. but um, it's it's just one of those things where it's like you know for you uh, and for me we, we both got led astray differently because of the way it was you know, blending things. Or yeah, yeah. So, just a little bit, though. But Which is a really good point to actually segue on to... The Night Of. The Night Of. Yeah, yeah. we did a podcast, number 25. Yes. On The Night Of, we did it with Robert McKee. Yeah, um, so if you, haven't talk- list- if you haven't listened to that podcast, it's it's really great, because yeah. uh, Robert talked a lot about research. And, and, and being a private detective. And being a private detective. And I talked about my itchy feet. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And, um, but the, what, what we realised in prepping for this podcast was that the night of blends the same two genres. The same two genres. Yeah. We so uh, it's episode twenty five. The yeah. night of one and uh, this one. So we'll just 
the night of, I mean, I'm not, we're not going to go into it, but basically um, it takes crime and social drama as well. And uh, we watched it very quickly because uh, we had to watch it in time for the podcast to, to, re- to record it. So we had like a weekend to watch it. Uh, you watched it I, in a day. I did a day, yeah. I watched it in two. And one of the, the things I had a problem with with the night of when I was watching it was I didn't know what genre this was. I thought it was a whodunit. Right. Because it's called The Night Of, right? And the whole thing is like, what happened? Like, how did this girl end up stabbed in the back so many times? Like, what's going on? Like, it's a locked room mystery. Like, what happened? Film, the miniseries doesn't care. It's not about that. It's not about what happened. It's about uh, how the justice system just kind of steamrolls in in trying to get conviction. Mm. Because they don't think they can ever work it out. They don't even try. (laughs) And so, um, and so, it's a social drama, yeah, primarily. Uh, and the crime is is really not a big part of it at all. The the who done it? It's just not a big part of it. The the real part of it is look at what happens when the justice system just doesn't care. The crime is less. The crime genre is less a part of that story than the social drama is of Girl on the Train. Yeah, yeah. This the so Girl on the Train is much more. Uh, closer together. Yeah. This is much more disparate. But it's the. So when I was watching the night of, I was like, who done it? Who done it? Who done it? So, yeah. And after about episode two or three, I went, this isn't a who done it. Hmm. And then once I reset how I was looking at it, I was able to enjoy it a lot more. And when it finished, I could go back over it in my head and make sense of things. Yeah. And I went, okay, I got it now. This I get how this works. But um, as I was watching it, I wasn't really enjoying it because I just. I could, t- I could tell it was very well made. I could tell it was going somewhere, but I couldn't tell what this was about. I just couldn't work it out in my head. I couldn't relax into it in the same way. And then when it was done, I was able to go back and go, oh, I get this now. Okay, I see how this works. Whereas, I think I I said just before we started recording, this, it helped me that I had to watch it in a day. Because I think I would have asked the same questions. Yeah. But because I burned through it it so quickly, I just had to let it wash over me. And so I didn't really stop too much to ask, well, who did it? And I did get a sense that it was going through, that it wasn't going to answer that question. Yeah, when I was thinking, you know, who done it? And they're giving me stuff that has nothing to do with who done it. I'm like, I don't care. It's like I want to skip ahead to the next episode and hopefully get the next clue. And they're not doing that. And you go... I'm I'm positioned wrong. Hmm. I'm I'm not, and I can't tell if that's my fault, the series' fault, both our faults. I don't know. Um, I don't know why I wasn't positioned. Interesting properly. to see what the blurb actually says on the back of the DVD. I didn't look. It. I didn't look. No, neither did I. I've, I've, I, I've been burned once before. If, if I remember right, the DVD cover said the night of, and it was like, uh, yeah, it's, it says the night of, the and then of, the yeah. tagline is just before it, what happened on, yeah, and then the night of, and so like immediately. That's that's bad. That's a problem. Yeah. That's not. That was a, whoever was responsible for coming up with that DVD cover. You made a mistake <laughs> because it's not a whodunit. Yeah. Um. Uh, and the title is not a good title. The night of. Because, that is a very loaded whodunit type. Question like title. Mm. And it's really just not about whodunit. If it was about whodunit, you'd find out who did it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. And in that, they give you a hint of who did it, but they didn't, you know, they gave you another suspect. And yes. you, you just presume because there isn't any others and you understand how stories work, it probably was this guy. No, but, but because they've know. given you, I think I said this on the other podcast yeah. as well, where they, be, they give you so many clues that actually you realise that even when they go for this other suspect, that's not the person that did it either. It doesn't match up we, with we'll, the clues. We'll never know. We'll never know, and that's the point. And it's like, we'll never know. That's not that's not the point of the story or who did it. The point of the story is look what happened to this kid who didn't do it, and uh, the police didn't bother to check out whether he could or couldn't do it. Yeah. Look what happened to him. Great story. Got ruined by it. So, <laughs> okay. So um, yeah, but it was just as raising an example of the same two genres that are yeah. blended uh, in the other way. The Night of is a good example. Yeah. Of, of that and the Wire is person. another one. And the Wire is another. The crime. Wire is essentially an enormous social drama. It's not really a crime story in the way that you think. It starts off looking at crime in that way and it tells it from all these different points of view but as it builds and builds it becomes more and more of a social drama as yeah. you realise just how futile 
everyone's you're right. everyone's as it goes season to season and it builds the city bigger and bigger yeah. you just realize this is just about the futility of justice in the modern american system yeah. it's just like it do, modern american society just can't have justice because it's just so corrupt that's yeah. what the wire essentially says yeah, 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 yeah. and uh that's not about people getting away with it because the criminals don't get away with it but they also don't get caught <laughs> right <laughs> like they don't get caught and they don't get away with it half of them die yeah at the hands of the other criminals who are in prison. Like, it just... And then the, the, the police can't do anything. I mean, you get that wonderful bit where McNulty... Jeez, when McNulty fakes a serial killer to get funding? I mean, that's, that's amazing, <laughs> right? And so, it's really not about... I mean, think about it. The detective invents a crime that didn't happen. Right? That's not... That's not a crime story. That's not a who did it. Like, that's not like, oh, how are they going to... It's like, that's that's just... That's desperation in a social drama <laughs> to try and get something happening. Um, okay, let's um, let's push this on and, and start to wrap this up. Okay. So, um, did you have any... Th- I, I brought empathy up. Did you have anything to add to that? No. No. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't think so. I don't know if it is empathy that I have for the character. It might just be Emily Blunt. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I, um, I was watching um, uh, uh, no spoilers no spoilers don't worry but I was watching Westworld <laughs> we'll do a podcast on Westworld once Luke's caught up I was watching Westworld I went to, to see visit uh, McKee um, for Christmas and he told me to watch Westworld and he had HBO demand so I watched Westworld for Christmas that's basically what I did like I, I, I gorged on it for two, three days um, and um, in it uh, there's uh, two characters, uh, Liam McPoyle from It's Always a Sunny Philadelphia is in it, and Seeds Babette Knudsen, who's the main character from Borgen, is in it. And I'm talking about how much I love these characters, and they're like, why? And I'm like, it might not have anything to do with this show. <laughs> like, it might just be <laughs> that I love her from Borgen, she's the best thing, I love this guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and I don't really care what's going on in this show. It's just them. It's like similarly with Go on the Train. I don't know if it's empathy that I have for it. It's just like, I remember you in Devil West Prada and you were amazing. It's just like, I loved you in Edge of Tomorrow. It's just, I love Emily Blunt. And so it's, I'm not sure if it's really empathy. Um, okay, then ra- let's just uh, summarize the cr- what you said about crime and social drama as um, genres. They're genres. Oh, you were such a pain. In you the knew side. I was going to do that as well. I know because you reacted as I finished that. As I started uh, that, you reacted like he knows this is going to be that kind of pain right now. Um, you are not easy to deal with <laughs> sometimes, um, I'm, but I'm predictable. <laughs> crime and social drama genres go. Okay. Well, why don't you tell me what you learned? I hate it when you do this as well. I flipped it. I flipped one it. Of the, I flipped one it. of those moves. You're the one who said, "Oh, it's it's a it's a weakness that I have," and yada yada, and, <laughs> and all that stuff. And you're the one who keeps bringing up Emily Blunt. So you do it. You know what? Really, I love the summary in every week because it, it, <laughs> it gets longer and longer. And this is really when the wheels come off. I, I yeah, we were doing pretty well until then. yeah. Okay, right. So crime <laughs> and social drama. Effectively, to sum up what you said was that wrong. Oh, <laughs> They they both used this. Put it together. They both use the same value. They both turn on justice. Um, but they use uh, different emotions, or they play on different emotions. Crime works on intrigue. Yeah. So how did this happen? Why did this happen? Yeah. As in who committed this crime? Yeah. Etc. Uh, whereas social drama is about compassion. Yeah. Who is this happening to? Who is this happening to? Sure. And uh, what can they do about and it? Yeah. 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 Will this justice? Yeah. That's. But yeah. Will so it? those are the two sort of uh, genres that playing girl on the train and. Um, Paula Hawkins and the film director and everyone used those two to create, I think, what is a pretty good uh, story. Do you think... I mean, they're... That's they're quite unique. Yeah, they work so well as a genre blend because they both work on justice, right? Uh, no. No? No, it's not that they work well because of that. It's it's easier to blend them because of that. Oh, okay. Sure. Uh, but it's not... They don't work well because of that. You can't... You, anyone, you know, anyone can take... Um, two genres and put them together um, and it'll be rubbish if they don't have talent and insight and craft. So the reason it works well is because it's well written and because of the insight that this guy 
uh, has been abusing his wife and she thinks she's the been the abusive one that that's why it's that's what makes it work that it's just easier to blend those two than it would be necessary to blend okay. other things you, you, or rather it's not that it's easier it's the the leap to blend them is not as as far as it would be to blend something yeah, else. So for yeah, example yeah. blending as obvious one would be horror right and the comedy musical which is little shop of horrors right, right okay that's mu- that's a harder blend to do because yeah. you have to somehow link things that seem completely opposite yeah uh how do you link those two things together when they're so disparate whereas ju- crime and social drama are so close it's much easier to link them it sure. doesn't make, make it easier to do it well it just makes it easier to link them okay well. anything to add to um uh to what we talked about with dramatic questions and emotional interest I don't think so. Um, I think it's just interesting that the way the genres work is... When genres get put together and stuff, as I said, there's always purpose behind it. And if if it's working, it's because the way in which they're working together is doing something. And what's interesting with Girl on the Train is that the crime sort of drives the story, but the social drama drives the audience to caring about the story. Mm. And that's how they work. And I'm sure there's lots of other examples where genres work that way. Um, in Guardians on the Galaxy, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? You know, you've got the action story, but what makes that action story quite touching at times is the fact that they've got this buddy story and a redemption story built together. So you have this group of people redeeming themselves through their friendship. Hmm. Uh, what makes Lord of the Rings stand out, I think at least, is that friendship between Frodo and Sam. Um, that you know, Sam won't let Frodo go. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's just, you know, that that's sometimes you have these genres where they're like the emotional part uh, isn't really in the, um, in one of the genres. So combine two genres to have that kind of effect or whatever. So why you have, um, uh, what, it's quite a crude example, but um, a lot of the old school action movies would have love stories as part of it. They, they, yeah, they would be subplots, and generally those subplots, yeah, they slightly it's to bring out a couple of dimensions in the character yeah. to give a bit of variance to the story. I mean, I wouldn't suggest that's the case for Die Hard, right? No, no, no. Um, Die Hard has some love elements to it, but really it's just to develop the hostage and why it's personal for John McClane. Yeah. But fundamentally, the reason the emotional interest is from the action. Yeah. It's from McLean versus Gruber mm. is so exciting and so dynamic that that is what drives the story um, in every way. And then you've just got a couple of subplots. I think it's... Whereas Guardians of the Galaxy, the, it, the whole Ronan is fine, but Ronan versus the Guardians isn't isn't enough. No. But when the Guardians are trying to work together and they're trying to redeem themselves through finding this guy, that heightens the whole thing. The two, you've just used two great examples which do highlight um, sort of what we've been, well, really what we've been saying about mm. this, the nuance involved. Yeah. The, um, and, and how you really do have to write um, with intuition. Um, well, yeah, um, you, you just, you, you just kind of, you have to, because the audience is feeling this, right? Yeah. So you've got to feel it. And if it's feeling wrong, you need to know how the me- mechanisms work so you can find out what's not working. Yeah. Like, I, I would, when I would pitch stuff, I always remembered, I, before I would pitch anything to anyone, I had a list in my head of things that I wanted to have happen, like the way that people should react at mm. certain points to certain things. And if people aren't reacting in the way I expected, I then would try and work out, well, why isn't it? And it came very hard, for example, if you're doing an image system, the whole point is invisible. Yeah. No one's supposed to react to an image system in that way. So you have to kind of listen and you kind of try and work it out without telling them that the image system is there. You have to pick yeah. up on things. So you have to be able to do that. And sometimes you can't do it cause you, anymore with yourself. You can't look at your own work and go, this isn't working uh, yeah. or this is working. You need someone else to look at it for you. But when you do, you have to have in your head what it is you're expecting people to do. Like it, are they like? I mean, this isn't even this isn't even controversial, or it shouldn't be surprising. Like that's how comedy works, right? You tell a joke, people laugh. If yeah. they didn't laugh, you go, "The joke didn't work. Why didn't the joke work?" And then, if you know, if you're a real comedian, you sit back and you have in your head this all these technical elements of what makes jokes funny and how jokes work, 
And in fact, as you tell the joke, you can tell if you're going to get the laugh before you get the, before the punchline, mm. because you can tell if they're invested or not. And you go, "They didn't work. Why? It's because I didn't I didn't set the joke up well enough." Or you get a great setup, but then they don't laugh very much, and you go, ah, "The punchline's the problem." Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you can immediately tell. That's and that's for comedy. Why would it be any different for anything else? So it's exactly what I was going to say. People know this about comedy. Yeah, right. Comedy write, people if, get it. If people, yeah, yeah, that's right. If actually. they laugh, it works. Yeah. Right. Whereas when you're writing a horror, yeah. what are you trying to do? Well, you're scare trying to them. scare the audience. Is your audience scared? Yeah. Are you scared as you're writing? And not just like superficially, they get startled. No. Like actually Jump scared. scares. No, that's um, nonsense. It's like how it's like it's in action when you just have like a big explosion go <gasps> like that. It's like gasping in action. It's like no, that's not that's not excitement. Excitement yeah. is when they're silent and on the edge of their seat with a smile on their face, right. going like, <gasps> "What's going to happen next?" I tell you what would be a great. I mean, writing treatments, writing like one or or two or even three page treatments for a horror story and if you can terrify because you can't do jump scares with a treatment right? well that no and not only that you the, there's that whole th- i mean this is on twitter there's like all right a horror story 140 characters all right and of yeah. course i always love this horror story which is the last man on earth sits at home and hears a knock on the door yeah and that's like that's that's just brilliant yeah. <laughs> they, like, oh, that's quite that's just scary no matter what like oh that is quite worrying <laughs> like immediately it's like it's as scared as you can get in one sentence right um, oh, there, there were some great ones yeah. uh, with with that where a parent tucking their kid in uh, do you know this one? yeah, yeah. and they, they check under the bed and they, they, there's the kid is uh, there's the a, kid under, the, under bed. the bed saying there's a monster in my bed yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah so like the, so you have all this stuff in your head so that when you're writing and you're trying to feel it and see if it works and it's good that's not it's not exciting enough it's not intriguing enough it doesn't i'm not crying or whatever i'm not laughing you have things in your head that you can fix and if everyone has a different lexicon for all these terms and all these things then you can't even talk to someone else to get the help because right it's like how i talk to you like i have to learn your whole language of writing yeah. Before I can under- get any help from you, and I've seen, I've seen it. Like seriously, I've se- I can't stand it. I've been to so many comic conventions and seen professionals talking about writing stories and stuff, and I see it. You have artists and you have writers and you have people who are both, and it's unbelievable the difference between what artists can talk do about their craft and how writers talk about it. When artists talk about their craft, it's like snap, snap, snap. Yeah, I got it. Oh, you do that. You do this. You do that. Oh, here's a technique. Bam, bam, bam. Immediately people learn. Immediately people can apply it. Writing, it's vague. It's wimpy. I mean, it's just like, have you hurt that character yet? Maybe you should just hurt that character. What are you talking about? You don't even know what the problem is, let alone what the solution is. My my favorite one from all the the kind of Hollywood stories is making your characters three-dimensional. Yeah. I, 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 I both love and despise that phrase. I, so many times people say, you make a three-dimensional character, I'm like, go on, what's the three, what's the three dimensions? Just right. Explain it to me, what is it? And they go, um... Immediately, they have no idea what it means. I don't know what it means. They just sort of intuit what it yeah, means. Yeah, yeah. And it's just make like... Make me care. Yeah, make me care. And it's like, that doesn't help fix the problem, saying... What, ugh, people aren't caring about my story. What should I do? Make them care. That doesn't solve the situation. Like, if you don't know what three dimensions... You know what I mean? Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know why we're on this subject. I well, it, it was <laughs> it was to do with um, writing uh, through intuition and having the tools and having yeah. the, the the knowledge to figure out what's what's not gone working wrong. and what being an audience to your work. And I think uh, ending on an example like that and just harking back to the music example that you gave, a musician has to learn notes, has to learn chords right. in order to yes um, start putting music together. Right, exactly. Right? Um, when something's not working, yeah. then they can go back and right. say, well, I can't go from this chord to this chord. Right. Like, this is why it's making it sound bad. I'm yeah. jumping a, to these, a strange these key. These chords are or, dissonant. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Whereas writers don't know. Like, why would you ever We're presume... Not in time. If you picked up a guitar and you'd never played one before, would you try and write an opus? No, you just wouldn't. But people think writing is just if you have a good vocabulary, you're fine. So it's not the case. And uh, yeah, so anyway... Go on the train's good. Yep. Um, yeah, I just think the pacing's a bit off, but it's good. And it has a really nice insight. Wonderful insight. Yeah. 
So well done, Paula Hawkins and everyone else. <laughs> and Emily Blunt, whatever. It was good. I liked it. Um, so if there's anything... So the, this is a kind of brushing of the surface of the topic of uh, blending genres. Yeah. So if you would like... There's a whole lot more we could do, um, but we have to go into a lot more detail and yeah. take a couple more podcasts. So if you want us to do that, um, then get in touch and say yeah. yes. Well, there's there's a uh, one of the books that I'm working on, uh, the action book, um, There's it's it's there's a primer for it. Called the, the which is the genre book, which is going to come out. Um, I don't know when, um, but uh, when that comes out, that will give a sort of foundation uh, because it's really, it's a it's a lot of stuff, and it's um it's, a, it's it'll be hopefully a very small book, but it'll just be like a primer of like this is what genres are, and then the action yeah. book specifically talks about action, but it's like it's an underlying way of. of underlying in fact there's a video series on storylog um about genre as well is the one you gave yeah the one i yeah. gave so um yeah so there's there's a lot to talk about here so maybe when the book comes out people will want to have more examples we'll see possible in the meantime though if you did want us to talk more about something anything uh then do get in touch <laughs> oh not anything within reason <laughs> i was just thinking it's kind of a it was just like, please, we need please, something to talk please. about. We, there's just not enough. <laughs> no, it's just... Actually, what you know it is, what is mean. it... Yeah, I do know what you mean. Um, it's just like, we don't know what people want us to talk about. We have lots we could talk about. We just don't know exactly. Whether you want to hear it or not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> More walking impressions, less walking impressions. <laughs> um Personally, I would always opt for more. But yeah, uh, at uh, the Story Toolkit on Twitter and uh, the Story Toolkit.wordpress.com. I'm out. I'm done. I've got nothing more to add. What have you got? Nothing. And we're done. <laughs> <laughs>